listening to Tulsa Talks, a Tulsa People podcast, episode 2.7. I'm Anna Bennett. This episode of Tulsa Talks is brought to you by the Tulsa Regional Chamber. Today, Majesty Pearson is in the studio to talk about the many ups and downs of a career in music, even at the tender age of 22. Then, city editor Morgan Phillips discovers the next best thing to owning a time machine in a positively medieval edition of What the What? So let's talk Tulsa. Action. Guru Brahma, Guru Vishnu, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Guru Deva, Maheshvara. Ooh, there's the kick. <laughs> so yummy. Guru Satshat, Param Brahma, Tasmai Shri Gurudev Namaha. So poetic. You know, that's when things started to shift a little bit. Having like a vibe that can be on the radio, that's, you know, after experiencing that, the the fame, the mainstream life and, you know, how close I thought I was to it, um, I know that that's not the end game for me. That's musician Majesty Pearson, or Majesty Amour, as she's known on social media. The singing sensation appeared on TV screens nationally last summer as a competitor on the Fox reality series The Four, Battle for Stardom. Singers challenged each other for a recording deal and the right to be mentored by celebrity panelists Sean Diddy Combs, Megan Trainer, and DJ Khaled. And though she was eliminated before the finale, this powerhouse of a performer gained national attention. Here in Tulsa, though, we also know Majesty as the daughter of Carlton Pearson, the prominent evangelist-turned-divisive spiritual leader. Later, I talk with Majesty about what it's like to have a Netflix film made about your family. But first... Majesty shares the unexpected lessons she learned during her stint on reality TV. What was that experience like? Of oh being my on, word! <laughs> being on that show. Oh my gosh! Um, I it was so life changing for sure. I learned so much more. I'm recognizing how much I've learned from that experience more and more now as I jump into the next chapter of my career. Um, and um it was it was a great it was a great platform being on a reality show was something i had never experienced aside from watching it on tv so um i'm thankful for my upbringing and moving and, and interacting with different cultures and people um because i had a lot of tools that i didn't realize i had um to be able to um <laughs> work it i guess um yeah what were some ways that you surprised yourself um, I think with the quickness of how everything was going behind the scenes, of, we saw two hours of like, we, you know, we saw our ep- the episodes mm-hmm. and but we were filming like for hours and we were doing interviews and interacting with a whole bunch of people. So um, I felt like uh, being able to just be on my feet and be able to express myself um, clearly and know what I wanted to convey was um <laughs> For some reason, surprising to me. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I mean, it, you put, you're putting yourself in this totally new vulnerable. environment, yes. but it seemed like your training and your experience just sort of like kicks in. Yeah, in that in that moment. Yeah, I when I've been going to schools recently now and kind of using my platform to inspire these young kids here, not only in um, Oklahoma, which is really one of my um, focuses, but just trying to go to schools everywhere in the nation, New York and Chicago and Atlanta. Just wanting to um, share share the um, the impacts of following your passion and, and being prepared and walking in love, which opens up 
many doors. Now, you've been um, connected with music since you were very young. Sure was, was there ever doubt in your mind that you would uh, pursue music as a career? I don't think so. I think because I had such a support system and because I learned so much of the power of music at a young age with my dad um, and his um, career and his musical impact, um, it was all, it's always been something that I've longed to do. Mm-hmm. To be on a platform like that. So when it happened in that literal moment when, like, the doors opened on the show and I was going out and just – it was a moment that I that I practiced with my stuffed animals, like, <laughs> 10 years ago and that I was going to college for. And it, it just all unfolded so beautifully. Wow. And I'm assuming you learned a lot from, from that experience. Yes, the professionalism and, and, and really knowing what goes on behind the scenes of the industry that I wanted to be in. I kind of got a look at it. And so now next time I have a different perspective when I'm interacting with that level of people. Um, yeah, <laughs> different mindset. Yeah. Was it what you expected? Were it you... wasn't. Yeah. It was not what I expected. Um, but I think that was a, a blessing, <laughs> a hidden blessing there, because mm-hmm. um, I was just able to t- take a look and, and step back after I got eliminated and after I was off the show and kind of just like recap over over the kind of dynamics and relationships and levels of the industry and um, level of people I was working with and kind of where they were at mm-hmm. and um, with the show. And with producing talent, um, there were so many artists that were coming, getting that opportunity. So many that didn't. Yeah. Definitely, so many that um, were able to go and share their their, you know, their passion before millions and got sent home. And mm-hmm. they were remarkable, just yeah. as remarkable as me. You know what I mean? So um, we all got to kind of witness um, how that how that all played out. But was that at all disappointing to kind of be faced with the fact that no matter how talented you are no matter how much stage presence that yeah just like that you can be gone yeah well it goes to show it showed me definitely that that it's it's more than and I knew this but you know jumping into it obviously makes a difference that you can't just have a voice you can't just have a famous dad you can't just have um good stage presence you have to have the smarts you have to have like the the love within for yourself because now I went from, you know, 5,000 followers on Instagram to 45,000. I mean, obviously being well-known in, in some circles and then suddenly everybody feels like they can chime in. Sure. Es- especially, I mean, I made the mistake of like, don't read the comments section. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but like, I don't know if I would be able to resist if... Well, no. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I read almost every comment I could and it was a tricky moment in uh, the last, second to last episode of the show. There's a comeback episode where they, the people, the people mm-hmm. <laughs> vote for who they want to come back. And so I thought I was one of those potential people, not only just because I was looking at the social media and seeing the love and connection that was being made, but they actually called me back and, and flew me back down as if I was going to be starting to work the next day and actually that 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 evening that I got checked into the hotel they called me in the middle of the night and said you're actually not going to be on the show we're going to fly you home in the morning with no explanation so um that was a it was a lot of emotions that I invested in a lot of people and trust that I invested in um people being you know they're on that platform so why not trust them why not give them all of myself you know so I learned definitely definitely things aren't always you know things don't always work out like you think or Mm -hmm. But to to make a learning experience out of it, and it yeah. definitely was not easy um, right after that that portion. 
but um yeah <laughs> it's a new year so yeah so what so what happens after suddenly you're on tv you're on tv and mm-hmm. then you're not yeah and oh then, my gosh <sighs> well we see it we see it on all these shows um that it's it, it's just it's like clock, clockwork um, the purpose of the show was really more for ratings, as we can see. It wasn't necessarily to um, progress anyone's career, um, as we've seen from, like, the last few seasons and other shows, you know, which is not a bad thing. It's just that's not, I don't think, what we are going into. Mm. At least I wasn't going into with the idea that I was going to get some TV time and cool jump back off. And how do you jump back off and jump back in? <laughs> I'm learning how to do that. But, um, yeah, it was... It was. It's tricky. It is tricky, and I feel for a lot of people. A lot of the people who even got further in the competition, and you know, or other competitions, mm-hmm. I feel for them. I understand. It's not. It's yeah. It's a interesting process. Yeah. When you jump in thinking that this is going to be a stepping stone for me, when and I believe that it was. In no way do I not think that being on that show changed my life. Um, definitely it has. Um, I I think I had some expectations going into it that have been altered, (laughs) but yeah. Have you become jaded at all with the industry or your opinion of it? For a quick moment there I was, but I really just had to, um, just jump out of that because that energy wasn't conducive to me continuing, you know what I mean? Um, having trust is something now I'm, I'm a, I don't pull, I don't, I won't show all my cards in the next situation or, you know, um, but I, I, I wanted to go in being open and trustworthy and, you know, think the best of yeah. the situation and the people that I was involved with. Cause, cause we get so many conflicting messages as, as artists and as performers, it's like, no, that vulnerability gives you strength, but then yes. it's like, well, you don't want to be a sucker. Because yeah. people will take advantage of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know if there's a question in there. Just is that um, something you've had to deal with? Yes, finding the balance of being a professional and being an artist and being a uh, 22. And I, I was going to say African American, like... <laughs> growing up in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and as well, I, I moved to Chicago as well and lived in New York. But all of that played a part. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, and you're you're so young. You're 22. That's like to have that sort of uh, to to already have hit so many notes in your life in your career. It's sort of like, what's next? Man. It's exciting. It's sure. I'm sure it's exciting. It's mm-hmm. exciting knowing that there's always more to accomplish. Mm-hmm. That's what gives keeping that faith and having this love for the passion that I I know it can't die like it could have died and I could we always have that power we can just give up Mm -hmm. um but kind of relinquishing the idea that it was about me rather of course it is and it brings healing to to be able to sing and bring healing to other people but that's what I had to put it on how I want to connect how this how my gift of so and and it's been a ongoing process a lot of the times Growing up, I would literally belittle my voice, which would then be belittling who I am Mm. um, to make others feel comfortable or to, you know, for whatever reasons. And so I'm learning to just really, like, own my power and own my voice um, and be proud of it, be confident, even though it may look like I've got all the confidence in the world. You know, everyone's going through things. So Mm. I am on the mission because I know the power of the arts at that young age is so crucial, really, because it's such an expression that children – you know that, that that we we need. That, yeah, I mean the world needs that, and mm-hmm. it's it's a it's yeah. 
Yeah, and kids, <laughs> I don't know who's, who says it or if it's just, like, scientific whatever that, you know, kids, before they talk, they sing. And you know what I mean? Before they write, they draw. Yes. It's, like, such a part of what it means to be human. And Picasso, exactly. of course, said every child is an artist. Exactly. The trick is keeping them that way. Yes. So, absolutely. And yeah. what were your early experiences with the arts in, in, the, in schools like? Yeah, so um, I can just work backwards. Um, I graduated from here in Jinx, mm-hmm. um, and I was a part of their show choir, Jinx Children Air Show Choir, which was something I'd never heard of even. And um, the teachers and faculty there um, in their arts program was tremendous, and the students were tremendous, and I learned so much. And a couple years before that, my freshman, sophomore, and junior year, I was at the Chicago High School for the Performing Arts, and uh, I was studying there classical piano and classical voice. So having having that um, that training and continuing to do that training was um, very helpful. And being in a creative environment with other artists was very helpful. Mm-hmm. We'll be back with more Tulsa Talks. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. Tulsa Talks listeners, we love Tulsa and we know you do too. So does the Tulsa Regional Chamber. You might not realize it, but the chamber is more than 100 years old, which more than makes it a Tulsa institution. They represent 2,000 member organizations and more than 175,000 area workers. As a business-driven leadership organization, their goal is to improve the quality of community life through the development of regional economic prosperity. What does that mean? It means their staff of 75 works hard every single day to attract, retain, and expand great businesses. They work to increase educational access and workforce skill levels. They advocate on behalf of their members at both the state and federal levels. They champion efforts to make our community more livable and inviting. And they promote our region as a vibrant tourist destination. To learn more about all that the Chamber does and to become a member, visit TulsaChamber.com. Welcome back to Tulsa Talks. I'm Anna Bennett. Majesty Pearson grew up in the church, which was an early experience that forever connected her with music. Her father, Carlton Pearson, was the influential leader of the 5,000-member Higher Dimensions Church, an evangelist whose spiritual mentor was Oral Roberts himself. But in 2006, Pearson had a theological transformation. He was deemed a heretic for his new belief in universal salvation, and he lost his church. It's dramatic stuff, but for Majesty's family, that's just life. How weird was it to see your family's story in a Netflix movie? Man, that was, it was pretty crazy. It was pretty crazy. And, and the fact that, of course, it didn't get all into depth, yeah. but they covered a lot. Um, and the um, the directors, the team, they did a really really great job of captivating um mm-hmm. what was going on it was pretty crazy we were at sundance uh, which was the first time we all saw it i think my dad might have saw some clips beforehand mm-hmm. but we were sitting like in like the third watching it with everybody <laughs> and it was just like like i was sitting next to my mom and we were like holding hands and <laughs> i was like checking over to my dad and see so i was like is anyone crying like do are you good <laughs> um but i'm glad we all got to watch it together it was yeah. pretty it's it is pretty crazy um my parents they tried to like shelter and keep us and not have us experience all that what was going on but 
we could feel a lot and discern a lot. And I would um, be in school. A lot of kids in school knew what was going on and be like, oh, is your dad trying to change the Bible? Like, he can't do that. Like, things like that. Um, So having to just, you know, keep it moving. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, It was not – I was still trying to understand all that was going on. I did Mm -hmm. not understand at that time all that was going on. Yeah. Um, I I, I knew the church was closing, and I knew families were starting to, like, kind of wither away, and we lost connection with a lot of people. I stopped playing with a lot of people, but um, they try to to keep it it kind of – straight as much as they could mm-hmm. both my dad and my mom but you know it just by default <laughs> happened how, yeah. how it happened and yeah yeah like I said uh, earlier with uh, my experience on the forum learning more and more the impact of um going through whatever we went through or whatever I went through you know um at that age mm-hmm. and having like the world watch it be like growing up in the fishbowl and you know the small town and then having that be just a switch up, you know, a whole mm-hmm. switch up. So, yeah. Did you uh, did you ever have complicated feelings or, or resent your dad for kind of shaking up your life? I never did. Um, I never did. The fact that he was following his heart and I believed in what he was saying as far as I didn't know the specifics and I still so deep <laughs> don't know all of what's, you know, what's going on, but... The um, the inclusive vibe, and that's all I've I've ever known. Like, I got people go to hell and those things when I was growing up, and mm-hmm. I witnessed him, like, casting the devil out of people and things like that. Um, when he switched, it just seemed like a lighter, easier, an easier route, just not having to have such a strain on someone's life or spirituality. And just, like, not everyone learns – the same in school like not everyone you know learns the same spiritually or you know everyone's different so i thought him using his platform was really brave for him to just go and said hey you guys are all off the hook i know that's not you know but you know what i mean yeah yeah. i was like okay um not everyone was of course and people still aren't you know with that so yeah yeah it's um yeah and so i love him every day more and more Mm. for the stand that he took and he's an amazing father has has that stand that he took influenced you yes. in your career? Oh my gosh, totally. Um they've he's always been supportive. Both my parents have always been supportive of just, you know, like following your heart and going for that. I think now that I'm getting a little bit older, it's scaring him that I'm having <laughs> so much of a I don't know that I'm growing up. I'll just yeah. say it. it's a little scary for pops. But um he means well and <laughs> yeah, he he's always wanted yeah. Wanted what I've, whatever I've wanted and coached me along the way and supported me along the way. Yeah. It was so, it was so cute to like see the camera cut to his face during your performances on oh, the floor. Oh man. I wish they would have showed like they showed, there were, we had a lot of family time that we taped mm-hmm. too. I wish they would have showed, showed more about that. We had no control over how they painted yeah, that picture. Of course. And it painted the picture almost as like, you know, it was just, it was more like me and my dad, you mm-hmm. know, um, which, you know, that's just, they were doing that for their reasons. And um, for their ratings. my family as a whole has been there. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother is a rock more than more than people know that, mm-hmm. she, you know, she's really been a stand and a support and my brother as well. And he's also super passionate about music and things like that. So having someone in the household that we can experience all this, <laughs> all yeah. that and um, have a have an outlet to share has been it's been great. Mm-hmm. Majesty's next musical outlet is actually this weekend. 
Here she is discussing Tulsa Sings, during which she and three other finalists will sing with the Signature Symphony. It's basically the four, Tulsa edition. So right now I've been dipping my toes like we talked about Tulsa Sings and my love for classical music and being able to perform with my hometown symphony. Um, that's super duper exciting. And mm-hmm. uh, working with some other amazing Tulsa people and Scott Coulter and Andres Franco who are coming in to to really make the experience awesome for us all. Um, uh, musical theater is a passion of mine. And I feel like having that training in musical theater is, is really um, beneficial for all genres, same as classical. Like they all kind of play a role together. Mm-hmm. Um, so oh are you gosh. are you nervous at all, given that you've already like done this on TV? <laughs> well, you know, I feel like the nerves are always there. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel comfortable having time. Mm-hmm. Time is important to produce uh, the best works. You know how that goes. Um, so having time to work with. Um, such professional people and mm-hmm. just it's just working with the symphony I, on rocktopia we were a part i was a part of the new york contemporary choir and we got to sing with the principals and the new york um the new york new york symphony orchestra so i got to you know experience that but never like lead a song or you know be on the front we were you know yeah behind which was fine but um this is really going to be an amazing experience have you started picking out uh, like your song lineup yeah so um scott coulter um who's like kind of directing this and um coaching us he's picked out our songs and the music is leonard bernstein jerome's jerome robbins music mm-hmm. so it's like the old school classics and yes i've got a pretty fun one. Oh boy i'm like i'm like trying to like hold it in and have it be a surprise but i'll just say barbara streisand (gasps) (laughs) when we come back majesty talks about what's next but now morgan phillips takes up arms and swears her fealty for the barony of north keep so stick around Hi, I'm Tulsa People's City Editor Morgan Phillips. So, it's a warm Tuesday evening and I'm driving down Riverside wondering who exactly I'm looking for. Then I spot them, just south of the 96th Street Bridge. A group of about 40 people in armor and long dresses. A few kids in cloaks. Lots of weapons. Wait, what the what? This is the Barony of Northkeep a group of Tulsans interested in researching and recreating the arts and skills of pre-17th century Europe. They also educate the masses about this fascinating time period, a time when kings and queens ruled, brave knights fought for honor, and men and women stayed very busy running largely self-sufficient households. Our distribution coordinator, Amanda Hall, is a member who invited me to the Barony of North Keep's recent fighter practice. She also procured me a 14th century reproduction dress so I would fit right in. Guys, this is Morgan. Hi. How are you? This is Skeggy, Julius, and Sir Evangelos. Good to meet you. Hi. The Tulsa Barony is a chapter of the Society for Creative Anachronism. Not creative acronyms. I have a feeling that group would be a lot less fun. But membership in the Society for Creative Anachronism has grown to more than 33,000 across the United States since SCA was founded in 1966 in Berkeley, California. My first surprise upon meeting the rest of the barony? No one speaks Old English. Apparently that's more of a Renaissance Fair type of thing, a common misnomer. 
Amanda shows me around, pointing out the sword and shield combat and rapier, which is fencing, and tells me about how she got into SCA after attending a weekend event. And it was a day full of classes about history and historical costumes, and it was super interesting. And so then we went to our next event, and it was kind of one of those things that was like, okay, awesome, this is really cool, I'm learning about history, and um, I think... History always brings people in, and the fighting brings people in, but the people are fantastic for the most part. I mean, we're a bunch of nerds. I mean, it, we're, we, we have a great time together. Um, but so you come for the cool stuff and stay for the people. That's great. I learned something I didn't know about Amanda, that she has a degree in costume design. And every member has a skill of some type that makes them valuable to the barony. We, we kind of jokingly call it the hobby of a thousand hobbies Yeah. because like, okay, look, I'm going to learn how to make this kind of clothes, but you know what? I also really want to learn how to weave. And you know what would be really cool is if I learned how to make glass beads. And you know what would also be really cool is if I did light fighting. And you know what would be also would be really cool? And it just goes on and on and on. And the, more you, the more you learn about it, the more you go, oh, that would be really cool. Just like in the 14th century, members barter for items like weapons and garb. For example, Amanda made a squire's medieval clothing and he made her a crossbow. Sounds like a fair trade to me. In case you're wondering... So my biggest question is, what do the women do? If the men do fighting, some of them, I guess. We actually do have women do some of the do? women fight. Oh, wow. Um, this this uh, girl is sitting at the end of the car. Uh-huh. She's a fighter. Oh, cool. Um, she's not fighting tonight because she hurt herself out more. So what are these fighters practicing for? A lot of big events and tournaments throughout the year. They compete for awards that can lead to becoming a knight or even a king and queen. There are equivalent awards for arts and science and service, like organizing events and preparing feasts. But I learned that what members enjoy most is the experience, and I can see why. A big thanks to Amanda and the Barony of Northkeep for their warm hospitality. The public is welcome to attend any of their events, including the Tuesday night fighter practice at 96th and Riverside. To learn more about the Society for Creative Anachronism, see the websites linked in our show notes. Till next time, Tulsa! Tulsa Talks listeners, if you own a business, this is for you. The Tulsa Regional Chamber wants to be your partner in prosperity. With a membership in the Tulsa Regional Chamber, you will be connected to a growing network of 2,000 business owners throughout Northeast Oklahoma. Your company will join the largest business-to-business community in the Tulsa area. At more than 100 chamber events a year, your company can build relationships with potential clients, promote your brand, and give back to the community we all love. Through the chamber, you can connect to Visit Tulsa, the Tulsa Convention and Visitors Bureau, as well as the Tulsa Sports Commission and their programs and events. Whether you are interested in legislative advocacy efforts, becoming a member of Tulsa's Young Professionals, or supporting diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts through Mosaic, membership in the Tulsa Regional Chamber can help you impact our community and build your business in meaningful ways. For more information on how the Chamber can partner with you, visit TulsaChamber.com. Welcome back to Tulsa Talks. I'm Anna Bennett. 
After her experience in the national spotlight, Majesty Pearson has her musical goals set on new priorities and new horizons. Let's finish that conversation. What is what does your creative process look like? I think yeah, the feeling of the music, even like before the lyrics start, I think is really important. I really like music that builds and tells a story.、Um, let's see, I love ballads. I grew up listening to like. For pop wise, Celine Dion, Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey, I would just play them on repeat,、mm-hmm. and so their power ballads just really—that's what—that's what I feel the most connected to, and what I feel like I can deliver the 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 easiest, I guess.、Um, just the power that <laughs> that power ballads have,、mm-hmm. and、um, feeling the effects of how their music made me feel, and then when I realized I could. I could have that effect on people. I was like, "Well, this is the route I'm going down. I need to write music like this." So that's that's what's coming up. Amazing.、Um, and、um, having like a vibe that can be on the radio—that's you know, after experiencing that the the fame, the mainstream life, and you know how close I thought I was to it.、Um, I know that that's not the end game for me. I've I've recognized that you can still. I think. Oh, brings me to Drake's、um, at the Grammys. He had a. He had his speech was saying like you don't need a Grammy. Although I'm not knocking the Grammys, we, love, <laughs> we would love a Grammy. I would love a Grammy. <laughs>、um, but if people are still going to your shows and people are still supporting you and you're still making an impact, that should be what you, you know. It would be great to hit the charts.、Mm-hmm. It would be great to do you know features and make a whole bunch of money and things like that. Like of course, but、mm-hmm. yeah.、Um, Connecting authentically is important for me, and、um, I know that process can't be rushed. But yeah, so if you could、uh, collaborate like a like a singing duet with、yes. anybody, who would it be? Oh my gosh, Stevie Wonder,、um, Celine Dion,、um, someone dead or alive? Sure. Oh my gosh. Oh, Whitney, Whitney.、Um, I think Stevie Wonder's music and his vibration and his gift is what I, I is the ki- kind of music and vibration that I would like to have in my career,、mm-hmm. and that I and what I'm you know gearing towards.、Um, it was so crazy. I actually a couple months ago he came here、mm-hmm. for a song party, and、um, ah, just thinking about it just makes me beam.、Um, He invited me on stage, and I got to share some the most amazing moments of my life,、um, probably forever. We'll go down, and not just because I was, just because he believed in me, and he gave me, and he, and he gave me the opportunity. Like he, he felt like you know that was that was a thing, and to be able to share that with Oklahoma, it was. Pre- I was. I'm still trying to kind of be like figure out how and why and. I've been asking God these questions. <laughs> I really have. But、um, further, I would love to do some music with him.、Um, and Celine Dion, I went and saw her in、um, Vegas a couple years ago, and she's like, my mommy. We used to play her music in the car, like on repeat. And just what she's, how she's walked out her career, and all that she's gone through, and、um, and her success is, and her voice is just like. Yes, like please, <laughs> I would love to. So,、um, if there's any aspiring、um, creatives out there in the audience who are maybe at a crossroads, like、yes. you've been before, do you、yes. have any advice for for、um, reinventing your image,、mm-hmm. 
reinventing your work yes uh, or really finding your voice I would say that finding your voice situation it takes a lot of quiet time um, and being connected spiritually to someone or something um, is important because you to have a grounding like to 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 know who you not you know we talked about knowing who you are but um just knowing what you want to bring to the table continuing whatever you're passionate about whether that's skateboarding or painting or doing hair or um, running a podcast running a magazine like you have to be committed to your passion you have to continue to develop yourself and never get too comfortable never think you've like reached a point where you need to not <laughs> you know keep moving up there's always room to um, expand and grow and then walking in love I know that sounds cheap easy um but what you put out you get back in and I've literally I'm a witness to that like and you know so I think that's super duper important too and it's not easy of course um but to to share to share good vibes as many good vibes as you can and encourage those around you encourage yourself be kind to yourself like love yourself is that's the key to if you want to put anything out for any no matter what like you have to love yourself you have to you know that's so important. That's crucial. It's number one. It's number one. So I say love yourself <laughs> and um, be be okay with wherever you are. Um, know that you have the response. You have the opportunity. You have the responsibility. You have the platform to write your own story, no matter, you know, whatever has gone before and, you know, whatever world we're living in, whatever president's in office, like you have the power to write your own story. You can follow Majesty on Instagram at Majesty Amore or by visiting MajestyAmore.com. Majesty will join the other Tulsa Sings finalists, Sam Briggs, Dennis Crookedacre, and Molly Crookedacre, in concerts on Friday, April 5th, and Saturday, April 6th at the Van Trees Performing Arts Center for Education. Visit SignatureSymphony.org for more information. Thanks so much for listening to Tulsa Talks. If you enjoyed this episode, tell a friend about the show and leave us a rating or review on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Tulsa People or head to our home on the web, tulsapeople.com slash podcast. There, you'll find show notes and more info about our guests and topics. Every episode, we play you out with some local music, and we are double majestic today because this is Majesty Pearson's new single, Passion.
Find this single across digital platforms and at majestyamore.com. This episode of Tulsa Talks is brought to you by the Tulsa Regional Chamber. Original music by The Ear Slips, recorded and mixed by Mike Gilliland at Augie Reed Studios. Tulsa Talks is a Langdon Publishing production, recorded right here in beautiful downtown Tulsa, Oklahoma. <laughs>